Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, as Governor Ron DeSantis goes after the Biden administration on immigration policy. The state of Florida is suing the Biden administration over its unlawful and destructive catch-and-release policy. DeSantis appoints former U.S. Attorney Larry Keefe to be Florida's public safety czar. We saw this illegal immigration associated with violent crime, Mexican cartels, gangs, drugs, human trafficking. As the Treasury Secretary warns the U.S. could run out of cash, Republican Senator Rick Scott goes full partisan and lays the blame squarely on Democrats. They are bankrupt in this country and causing significant inflation for the poorest families in this country. It's disgusting what the Democrats are doing right now. Today's Sunrise interview is with Charles Gallagher, the lead attorney challenging the governor's ban on mask mandates in public schools. Gallagher gives an update on where the case currently stands and how his clients, parents of those students, are coping as they await a ruling. We check in on some of the top stories trending around the state and capital, plus we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, September 29th. It's World Heart Day, also International Coffee Day. On this day in 1789, the first session of the U.S. Congress begins. In 1975, the world's first black-owned and operated TV station, WGPR, begins operation. Discovery was launched from Cape Canaveral, marking a resumption of NASA's space shuttle program, which had been suspended following the Challenger explosion in 1986. An American jurist, John Roberts Jr., was sworn in as the 17th Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court in 2005. It is imperative that Congress address the debt limit. If not, our current estimate is the Treasury will likely exhaust its extraordinary measures by October 18th. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned lawmakers Tuesday that the federal government could run short of cash to pay its bills unless Congress acts quickly to increase the government's borrowing authority. If it doesn't... America would default for the first time in history. The full faith and credit of the United States would be impaired and our country would likely face a financial crisis and economic re recession as a result. Appearing on Fox News, Florida's Republican Senator Rick Scott blamed Democrats for playing politics. And so, but the Democrats want to suspend the debt ceiling so nobody has to vote on a number. That's all they care. That's all they want. They don't want to be responsible. They want to tell the public the truth. They are bankrupt in this country and causing significant inflation for the poorest families in this country. It's disgusting what the Democrats are doing right now. Senator Dick Durbin, a Democrat from Illinois, claims otherwise. And I will just tell you, whether the Republicans want to vote for this debt ceiling or not, the fact of the matter is this debt ceiling reflects the largest increase in the federal deficit in the history of the United States during the four years of Donald Trump. 
supported all the way by Senator McConnell and the Republican senators. They want to walk away from it and claim that they're fiscally conservative. We know better. So the pressure is on for President Joe Biden and Democrats in Congress as they figure out ways to trim back his $3.5 trillion government overhaul ahead of deadlines. Many things are hanging in the balance, including child care subsidies, funding to expand health care programs, tax hikes on corporations and the wealthy, as well as provisions to fight climate change. The deadline to avert a shutdown looms at the end of the week. Here in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis begins a new fight with the Biden administration, issuing an executive order calling on all Florida agencies to stop assisting federal authorities in relocating migrants. But it's very clear that open borders is the Biden administration policy. You know, they want a massive illegal migration uh, into this country, and it's obvious in the policies uh, that, that they're choosing. DeSantis ordered the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and Highway Patrol to detain any aircraft, bus, or other vehicle within the state. He's also calling for audits of private companies to ensure workers are legally permitted to work. At the same time, Attorney General Ashley Moody included a new lawsuit against top Biden officials claiming federal authorities are dismissing federal immigration laws. It is clear that at this point, this administration, President Biden, is aiding and abetting criminal cartels. To help oversee and keep Floridians safe from these allegations, the governor announced the appointment of Larry Keefe, former U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Florida, who is now the state's public safety czar. We saw this illegal immigration associated with violent crime, Mexican cartels, gangs, drugs, human trafficking. By cracking down on illegal immigration, we will be cracking down on these violent crimes. It's important to note the facts and data run counter to the above claims by the governor, attorney general, and new public safety czar. It's been fact-checked numerous times undocumented immigrants do not cause an increase in crime. From PolitiFact to factcheck.org, all show they are less likely to commit crimes than native-born citizens. Today's Sunrise interview is with Charles Gallagher, who is at the center of an ongoing legal battle between the governor's ban on mask mandates in public schools. The on-again, off-again case is pretty dizzying, but today we get to hear the latest from the lead attorney representing the parents in the case. Charles Gallagher, you are the lead attorney challenging Governor Ron DeSantis's ban on mask mandates in school. Welcome to Sunrise. I just wanted to get an idea from you on where we are right now with that case. And also, this is a, a double barrel question. What do you make of the new Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Lapido? Let me deal with the Surgeon General first. Um, he is a follower of Bhattacharya, who was the government's expert, who believes that herd immunity is really the only way, uh, anti-vaxxer, anti-masker. So not surprised with the pick, uh, not happy about it. I don't think that he is someone who follows science. I think that he has had also his videos taken down from YouTube for misinformation as well. So seems to be a very partisan pick. As, as far as the case itself, right now we sit the appeal pending in the first district court of appeal. The first DCA did not accept our request for pass-through jurisdiction to elevate the case to the floor Supreme Court. So we will be having our case resolved at the first DCA. Um, as we sit right now, the 
the status of the trial court victory uh, is stayed by the first DCA's order that reinstated the stay after we had had the stay vacated at the trial court level. So the executive order and the parents' bill of rights are able to be enforced by the state, by the DOE, by the governor, as if we had not won the trial. So uh, we're hopeful to have the appeal uh, resolved as soon as possible so that we can uh, change that ideally. But as we sit right now, they are able to enforce those, uh, the executive order, as well as the parents' bill of rights uh, against school boards universally. So what do you make of the new Surgeon General's rule that he signed off on that really makes it optional for parents who have a child who has been infected with COVID and is asymptomatic, that they have the option to determine whether they want to be around other kids or not? Very controversial, you know, contrary to uh, CDC guidelines, um, not going to help in terms of mitigation of spread. The, the idea that all things done in the name of parent choice has to have limits and checks. The trial court sure found that, that where the greater good is impacted by a decision like that, you have to, to check it. The, the rule amendment that makes this optional, I believe is very harmful in a public health context, putting additional children and parents, teachers in risk for more Delta variant infections and, and worse outcomes. So doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of the science of the medicine, but does make a lot of sense in terms of the policy being, you know, being propounded by the, the governor and the state. So um, it's, it's, it's a, a negative impact, we think, on the students of the state of Florida. So where do we stand with schools? What are you hearing from the districts that you represent? Um, what's the status of, of, of parents and those students and those um, school leaders there in this case? What, what are they saying? Sure. So, so our clients happen to be, to be only parents and parents as representative of the children too. But what we hear from school districts, school boards and school board officials is that you have one class of schools or one class of folks that has decided we are going to put student safety paramount. We don't care what you try to do to us in terms of funding or penalties or salaries. And they're just standing firm, aligned with science, aligned with medicine and aligned with public health. And they, they really said, you know, we, we really don't care what you do to us as far as penalty. Another group of folks has been a little more conservative in terms of, well, we don't want to lose funding. We don't want to anger uh, folks up above. And so they have, they have um, acceded to these, these new requests and new demands of the state of the DOE. So it's, a, it's kind of a mix. And as we sat before that, uh, this most recent Department of Health rule, over half of the students in the state of Florida population-wise were protected under school districts that said, we're putting safety first, we don't care, to hell with the consequences of fines or, or whatever it might be. They were just standing firm for students' health. So you had those, those number of school districts that were standing firm and, and then the others that were um, either ideologically with the state uh, or concerned about having some kind of adverse consequence by by their posture. So um, hopefully those that are standing firm continue to stand firm um, and maybe others will join that same fight too. Since that time, we've had uh, the Biden administration funding the shortfalls for Alachua County schools and with the promise to go ahead and do that for other schools too. So, you know, Broward and Miami-Dade are in groups where you've got threats of this against them as well. 
so you have that as a backdrop and support in the event there's going to be some kind of pushback. All right. Well, Charles Gallagher, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. I really appreciate your time. All the best. My pleasure. Thanks so much. That's attorney Charles Gallagher. Here's your calendar of events. Brevard, Seminole, and Sumter counties are holding legislative delegation meetings today. The Florida Commission on Offender Review will meet in Duval County at 9. The Florida Commission on Hurricane Loss Projection Methodology will meet at the same time. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission will meet at 9.30. The State Rare Disease Advisory Council will meet at noon. The South Florida State College Board of Trustees will meet at 1. And the State Charter School Appeal Commission Commission will meet and vote on a recommendation in a Leon County case involving Red Hills Academy. That's at 2. A group of South Florida businessmen sued the federal government Monday in hopes of overturning a gambling agreement Governor DeSantis signed with the Seminole Tribe. The suit filed against the Department of Interior in federal court in Washington, D.C., claims the agreement illegally expands gambling in Florida. Among the plaintiffs are developer Armando Codina and car dealer Norman Brahman. Desmond Mead, a former drug dealer who has received international accolades after leading the drive to pass a 2018 Florida constitutional amendment to restore voting rights for felons, has been awarded a MacArthur Foundation Fellowship. Mead is one of this year's 25 fellows selected for originality, insight, and potential, according to the program's website. They received $625,000 grants paid out over five years. Mead, executive director of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, continues to work on criminal justice initiatives, expanding housing and employment opportunities for, quote, returning citizens. Mead has received numerous recognitions for his voting rights advocacy but Governor Ron DeSantis has refused to grant Meade a full pardon. And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.